This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Every day I get a variety of newsletters and press releases from all the political parties and all kinds of advocacy and interest groups. And that includes one from the Liberal Party of Ontario, which is entitled... Facts Still Matter in Ontario. The title got me thinking. I'm in the business of trying to sort out the facts, but frankly, I don't think they matter because we are in the age of alternative facts, lots of them. And if an independent actor like the media or a watchdog group digs up some uncomfortable facts, people in power can just turn around and yell, fake news. This week, I talked to the leaders of the Progressive Conservative Party, the NDP, and the Liberal Campaign co-chair. And here is how they explain the situation in Ontario. I was president of the Treasury Board. I was part of uh, an initiative to go line by line through the budget because we were determined to get back to balance so we'd be in a position to invest more. And uh, uh, there are always, in an organization as big as government, there are always better ways to do things. And, in fact, that's how we landed free tuition for uh, almost a quarter million students we, by better, getting better value for money. When I ask the people, uh, do you think we can find four cents on the dollar? Uh, first reaction is everyone laughs. And the second reaction is that's only four cents. So we'll start off with four cents and uh, we'll go from there. Conservatives offer pretty much the same as as, uh, as what we've seen in the past with conservative governments. They they fire people. They, they cut hospitals. They cut schools. They close schools uh, because that's what they fundamentally believe in. The same things that we've been settling for. Uh, for a couple of decades now, which is conservatives that cut and privatize or liberals that cut and privatize. It's, um, It's time to do something different. So my question is, how do we decide who and what to believe? Is it based on our previous beliefs and biases, maybe with a little common sense thrown in? Is it whether we like the person making the claims? I want to hear from you. Which one of the three do you believe? Uh, the Liberals saying uh, they've gone line by line. There's nothing there. The NDP saying, you know, if the Conservatives get in, they're going to cut thousands of jobs. And Doug Ford saying, hey, all we need to find is four cents on the dollar, and who can't do that? Numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free, one 866 744-740. Right now, I'm here in studio with two experts. We have pollster Lauren Bozanoff, president of Foreign Research, and Bob Richardson, senior counselor, senior counsel, excuse me, with National Public Relations, a sometime liberal strategist, I, I guess you could say, a spin doctor. From time to time. Okay. Uh, so let's start with you, Lauren. How do people come to the opinions they tell you about? Well, you know, we think of the elections in, in this manner. Um, there's a bunch of people, they do vote the same way all the time. They're the party loyalists. 
and um, they're going to filter whatever facts they hear in their own, uh, you know, in their own light. So the Tory supporters will will key in on things that support that their position and so forth. So that's a still a big part of the electorate. It's not the same as it used to be. Um, and then there's the swing voters, and um, you know, for example, the f- same famous Ford Nation. They make up about 30% of the electorate, both in Ontario and in, in Toronto. Um, but Doug Ford would need 40% to actually win an election. So the remaining mystery group here are the swing voters. And they're the ones that are going to decide this election. Everybody else, probably not, not, not relevant to uh, this discussion. They will, in fact, look at... Um, not facts as a policy analyst and the details and all that. They'll look for general impressions um, of what everyone is saying about the issues. Bob, uh, you try to influence what people believe. So how do you do that? Well, I think uh, what we're seeing today in Ontario is that there is alternative facts on on a variety of things. And quite frankly, the leaders are complicit in doing this. Two examples of that come to mind. One, Doug Ford has run around saying he, quote, found a billion dollars when he was at city council. That's nonsense. Uh, Any analysis as you go through, there's at least four or five categories in there where – uh, the revenue that he's talking about aren't cuts uh, at all. So that number really is not uh, not making sense. Another example of that, of nonsense, is Kathleen Wynne on the issue of cannabis. Uh, no one is saying that they want to see cannabis sold next to candy bars. Uh, the state of Washington, which is run by Democrats, uh, the equivalent of the Liberal Party, has in place a private the private sector run the cannabis business, and it's highly regulated by government. Um, they're effectively pharmacies. You don't even get in the door unless you're 21 and show, show ID. So wh- th- those are two examples of nonsense, one by the Conservatives and one one example uh, by the Liberals. I'm sure there are many by the NDP. But, uh, but the problem is they're uh, as much of the problem on the issue of fake news um, as fake news is. So they need to get back to having discussions and focusing on what is truthful uh, as opposed to what they think some of their listeners want to hear. Okay, well, I mean, again, so um, the claim that the Ford administration saved a billion dollars, it's been shown not to be true by a lot of people. Um, They saved some money, a lot less than that. They they actually have a pretty good track record. They don't need to lie. And, And by using this $1 billion figure... It, 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 it creates controversy around it. In actual fact, they have a pretty good track record of some of the stuff that they did when they were there. They didn't need to do this because the number is just not true. Uh, and uh, they could focus on a number of the things they did, uh, particularly negotiating with the unions, privatization of garbage, etc., which did save a lot of money. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that uh, for people who uh, support them, doesn't matter if it's true or not. It doesn't matter if six ways to Sunday you, sh- you can show that number is wrong and people will still believe it. Uh, it uh, you know, if, if the others say you can only give a tax cut like that by cutting tens of thousands of jobs, people will either believe or not believe that depending on their bent. So it's just how do people deal with all the noise? You know what? 
we, we can't think of this as a court of law where we have all these facts. This is the court of public opinion. It acts a little bit differently. That billion dollars is more of a conceptual billion dollars. It's not an actual billion dollars. And all the details, though, they save so much on the privatization of garbage or whatever it was. I don't know if the public really cares so much about the details like that. They have, a, they have an idea that the Fords wanted to save a billion, tried to save a billion, did a lot of things. And I don't think people even remember what they did. That was a good summary that we, you know, that we just had of what they did. People have probably forgotten all about that. People have forgotten probably about the privatization of garbage, and that was that was a big deal, you know, three or four years ago. People have forgotten about that. They they have an impression of what happened without, I think, remembering the details. And and we see this a lot. For example, you ask people um, why are you voting conservative this time, the swing voters, and they're going to say uh, it's time for a change. And we ask them why. They, they, don't, they don't know. Like, they can't really answer. They just have a feeling that it's time for a change. I think it's because they've taken these conceptual facts, like this conceptual billion and these other things that we hear about, and they've kind of made a general impression that it's time for a change. But it's not like they've, you know, have a scorecard and they're adding up pluses really? and minuses. I mean, in, in the case of this government, I hear a lot from people who are really upset about hydro rates, really still upset about that gas plant scandal, uh, and, and on it goes. I mean, would you agree with that? I would agree with that. I'd, I'd agree with what uh, L- Lauren said. I think people look at the broad brush, mm-hmm. and uh, they think, well, the Fords are going to save taxpayers money, and the Liberals spent too much. It could be that the real facts are probably somewhere in between, which is probably the truth. But they're going to they like they like the a broad brush, and they're not really that interested in getting into all the fine details on these sort of things. So you know, I think it's difficult for political parties. At the same time, I think we have to hold our political leaders to some sort of standard where they should be telling the truth, and they shouldn't be making things up as they go forward. And we should be calling them on these th- sort of things right now. And the media should be calling them on these sort well, of things right now. When the media tries to, they usually get accused of of, of fake news. And just uh, astonishingly, um, last night at a fundraiser, Donald Trump not just admitted, but boasted about making things up about trade with Canada when he talked to our prime minister. I mean, it's not even any big deal. Well, it's a bit of a big deal. I mean, it got flagged. Here it is. But even in the States, got flagged as a story that, um, yeah, here's more fake news. I think since the Trump thing, too, there's people are a little bit on more high alert for fake news. Okay, that was his term. But um, from from whatever source, I think people are, are beginning to, 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 to understand that maybe everything we hear isn't exactly as it is. And, and maybe some politicians are, are going more than going past the exagger, exaggeration point and, uh, and, and not really telling things as they are. Okay, uh, let's uh, go to the phones. We've got Kula in Toronto. Hello, Kula. Hi there. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good, thank you. Long time no here. Um, I've been, been years, but uh, you got my attention. Um, I was going to ask because um, a lot of people are affected by all the governments, and um, especially if you know a low income budget. Mm-hmm. Okay, you have to. I have to deal with the landlord tenant board, the ombudsman, um, the Salvation Army, the people in the shelter staff and all this stuff, right? Right. I find that these people 
Um, it doesn't, um, they need to be a little bit more qualified. This is 2014. You do need people with the best education because right now all the government appears to me is that they're all worried about how many um, of this group of people. They go by culture. We want this culture here. We want this culture there. Yeah, that's really nice to have that affirmative action, but make sure they're highly qualified like everybody else. Because there's a lot of discriminatory stuff, especially in the judicial system, where the, the whole city of Toronto needs to run 24 hours. Okay, and the people who are affected by this are not the middle class as much as the people who are low income with university degrees and all this stuff are affected. I say something, they want to send the cops after me. Okay, so what I'm saying, it doesn't hurt like to, for some of us to have a computer system system in okay for thanks example, for that cool no, example i'll give you one example you know no, it's okay a grocery store and you have a choice okay we need better people to make the city run 24 hours okay thanks for that let's go to john in brampton hi john hi Libby. how you doing fine how are you good good um i just i, I missed the, the first part um but the liberal spin doctor who is I'm sorry, I, did, I didn't get your name. Bob Richardson, sometime okay. liberal spin doctor. <laughs> well, you know, the fact that Canadians typically are idiots um, and don't know what they're asking for. That's not nice. For, I think that goes back to uh, Pierre Trudeau, doesn't it? He, he congratulated Canadians on being about as well-informed as a third-world peasant. And I guess that attitude among the liberals has never gone away. So you're talking about uh, you're talking about being elitist. That's the kind of Doug Ford talks about that a lot. So you feel uh, dissed by the so-called elites? Well, uh, I wouldn't call them the elite, but uh, you've got to call them something. I guess we can go with that. Um, but again, uh, you know, his definition of of you know, what takes place in the mind of a Canadian voter is, uh, uh, it, it's a fairy tale, believe me. And, and I think, you know, we'll see the truth in Ontario coming out, and with any kind of luck, uh, maybe we'll get rid of Mr. Dressup, too, in the next couple of years. Uh, oh, you're talking about uh, Trudeau. Um, yeah, so, I mean, how do you know what to believe? Uh, well, I guess common sense, uh, and then... When you hear the constant fairy tales, you know we—I've been hearing about this this uh, battle against uh, poverty for for fifty years, um, and it seems that there are a whole lot more poor people out there since we started fighting poverty, and and like statistically, well, that turns out that that's true. There are more Canadians at this point on a percentage basis living uh, at or below the poverty line than there were 50 years ago. I don't so believe that. Don't well, think that's true. Not accurate. Not accurate. Not accurate. Okay. Well, not even remotely accurate. Not remotely accurate. There you go. So um, you believe that for some reason, um, but it's not true. Um, uh, sometimes stepping over a homeless person on the street makes me believe it a little more. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, that's a perfect example. Uh, John, just uh, one question before we let you go. Do you always vote conservative? Well, virtually, yes. Yes. I mean, there were 
I think there was uh, there was one point when uh, Mr. Eaves was uh, going to be the premier when he couldn't figure out what day it was or what suit to wear on Tuesday. Um, talked me out of voting for him, but since then I've seen the error of my ways. <laughs> okay, so I think that that answers up a bit. John, thanks for your call. Thank you. Uh, does anybody want to respond before we take a quick break? Yeah, it was yeah. A, it's a perfect example of somebody who's a product of fake news. Sorry, John. What he was saying is just not accurate. There are no statistics to back that up. In actual fact, poverty's down. Uh, long-term life expectancy is up. There's a whole variety of both health indicators, income indicators, a variety of things to show that Canadians are far better off from the bottom right up to the top um, uh, since uh, f- for the last 25 years. And I don't care which party was in power. But that's a perfect example because you happen to walk, uh, step over somebody who's uh, homeless. You might have done that 25 years ago too as well. It doesn't mean that Canadians are worse off today. It means you stepped over somebody who was homeless. And that's a perfect example of some of the, pardon my uh, language, stupidity that goes on today. And uh, that's why we have uh, fake news. And that's why we have discussions like this. But it does show, though, the growing distrust of, of elites, just as in the States with Trump. And, uh, you know, uh, same thing up here. I think there is a growing distrust of elites. Maybe they're not the experts uh, that they're portrayed to be. And also, they may not have the life experience that, um, I'll say, the average Canadian has. Well, and it, it, it's also, it's just a matter of uh, people are fed up when they feel that people are talking down to them with good reason. And I mean, you know, Doug Ford is a wealthy guy, but the way he talks to people makes them feel good. And I, I, I think that the, I think that is a good point, and I think it's fair. Uh, there are times, too, when I feel the Premier, who I've met many times and who I think is a good person, but I do get the feeling quite often that she's lecturing me. And, you know, you do get tired of that from time to time. Maybe so, like a grade school teacher? Well, <laughs> you know, maybe like a grade school te- uh, teacher. So, you know, I think that there is a tendency of some politicians to do that from time to time, and I think it irritates people. I think Doug is pretty good at not doing that. I think, quite frankly, the Premier could take a page from his book and learn to be a little less uh, preachy and a little bit more um, uh, talking to people as opposed to at people. Good advice. I hope she's listening. Uh, We're going to take a a quick break and we're going to come back and take more of your calls and your insights on this. How do you figure out who to believe? Is it just the party that you've always voted for or uh, does something else twig? Uh, We'll be right back with that after this. Fight back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. We are talking about how people decide what to believe as we head into this election campaign. Every party has their own alternative version of the facts. Uh, Things that are not factually accurate are bandied around. People believe them. Uh, So let's go to the phones. We've got Bruce in Guelph. Hi, Bruce. How are you doing, Libby? Fine. How are you? Good, good. Uh, first of all, the, one of the gentlemen, I think you said it too, uh, said that poverty is not down. I really think it is. I've called before. I deliver meds uh, from pharmacies in Guelph, and that's all I do. And I bet you 75 to 80 percent of my customers are living below the poverty line, um, you know, social housing, et cetera, et cetera. So I challenge that. But anyways, um, what bothers me is 
Uh, Deb Matthews was on a couple weeks ago, and she was on the other day, and said the same thing, that Doug Ford wants to roll back the minimum wage. Well, he doesn't want to roll back the minimum wage. He just doesn't want to implement the extra dollar. She makes it sound like he's going to take that $14 and go back to 12 or whatever. So it's not true, and she keeps saying the same thing. You know, she never she talked about the 25% hydro cut. I certainly haven't seen that yet, and with the hydro rates going up, that 25% really doesn't play into it. You know, she never talked about the hydro plant scandal, the orange, e-health, none of that. Yeah. Then you get Andrea Horvath the other day. Yesterday. And she talk- sorry? Yesterday, yes. Yesterday, Go. sorry. And she's talking about, you know, um, uh, he wants smaller government. We all want smaller government. We all know that the government, there's too many bureaucrats there. And then she talked about, you know, the conservatives last time they're in power, they closed 28 hospitals and, and, and all kinds of stuff. That was 16 years ago. And yet when you questioned her on how, when the when the NDP government got in, what a disaster that was, she kind of sloughed that off. So in one part, she's saying, well, the conservatives did a bad job, but that was 16 years ago. We did a bad job, that, but that was way back, so that doesn't count. You know, it's just talking out of both sides of your mouth. And the other thing is, and the gentleman brought it up there at the beginning, Doug Ford, yes, he has said he wants to do this pot thing a little bit different. And, and, and open it up to businesses. He never, ever said anything about putting in convenience stores. And if anybody believes that, they're, they're off their rocker. And the problem is, as you know, Libby, most people that listen to your station are, 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 are seniors, and they're going to hear that, and they're going to believe that, unfortunately. Mm, and it's just I don't wrong. know. I don't know. I think the people who listen to us are pretty smart. Can no, I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is, Libby, I mean older, older people, like 80s, 85, 90, you know what I mean? They just hear something the and they believe it. audience is a little know? younger than that. I'm not that. talking about the 55 to 70s, you know. Yeah. Uh, are, do you usually vote conservative? Yes, I do. I, I wouldn't consider myself a conservative, like I'm not saying I, I am, but I, I usually do. But I'm I, like, you can't vote for liberals anymore after what they've done. And the NDP, to me, is just liberals, you know, the small brother to the liberals. They're the same thing, and they go for unions so much, you know. It's just ridiculous. Okay. Thanks for that. Thank you. Okay, let's go to uh, William in Toronto. Hi, William. Hi. Um, before Patrick Brown uh, uh, was, was resigned or kicked out, uh, my political life was easy. I was going to vote for uh, NDP, and I was going to vote for Doug Ford as mayor. And now things have changed. And... Um, uh, I, and I've discovered that the, the executive for the Conservative Party is going to pull in the reins on Mr. Ford. They're not going to let him do what he wants to do, uh, uh, from from what I can see. And now we've got Desmond Cole uh, thinking about running for mayor. That puts another uh, change into the whole scenario. So um, how do you know who to vote for? Uh, I've adopted your policy, which helps a lot. There's no fake news, no sensationalism, and just relevant news. And, uh, you know, that, that sort of evens me out a little bit. So now, as it, as it is, uh, I'm going to wait and see what uh, Doug Ford is going to, what the executive uh, is going to let Doug Ford do. Uh, and I don't think they're going to let him do what they want. And they're going to keep that... Uh, the same platform that's uh, uh, too close to the liberal platform and too close to the middle, and uh, I don't he, think Doug Ford's going to work that way. Well, um, he said he's changing the platform. William, uh, thanks for that. Okay. Bye-bye. Uh, we're basically, we have to wrap things up here, um, but um, he's going to simplify the platform anyway. Not Not so many promises, five things. 
but there you go. That that caller believes that uh, the the poobahs in the party can control him. I don't know that there's evidence of that. I don't. I, I don't think they can. Uh, the leader has significant authority. I think he will significantly change their platform. He does have a six billion dollar hole that he has to fill, and he's saying he can do that by quote finding ways to cut. Six billion dollars is a lot. I've worked in government before, and I've been an opposition leader's mm-hmm. chief of staff. Finding six billion dollars in the Ontario budget is difficult, particularly when fifty percent of the budget is health care alone. So, so I, it's I, four cents on the dollar. I, hey, I would be highly uh, suspicious of any any politician who says that they can do that no sweat without ma- making major cuts, because effectively you can't. That's not to say that that isn't uh, a fair public policy choice, but it's still tough to do. So we'll we'll see how he does over the next period of time. Lauren, you know what also. T- tells me the race is on to define the other guy. So you have your own facts, but you're almost as interested in, in getting facts about the other guy out there so you can define them, and, and that's what we're going to see, I think, in this election. Okay. Well, I hope you'll both come back because uh, we have by no means exhausted this topic. Thank you so much uh, to Lauren Bozanoff and Bob Richardson. And uh, we are going to come back. We're going to switch gears with uh, something important for your health. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.